0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of We, Us, and Ours. We are so excited for you to be with us today and for our very special guest, Krista. Krista is someone who I consider a good friend, and she is someone who encourages and inspires me and really encompasses one of the biggest beliefs in this podcast is to make friends in unexpected places. So we are so excited to share with you Krista's story and get to know a little bit more about her and the amazing woman that she is. So without further ado. Hi, Krista. It is so amazing to have you here with us today. Truly, it is such a pleasure. How are you? I'm good. It's been so long, but I'm really happy to be here. Thank you
1: so much for inviting me onto your podcast. Of course.
0: It is Incredible to have you here. And I was really enjoying getting to reminisce with you a little bit before we started. So I just want to dive in for whoever doesn't have the pleasure of knowing you yet. Who are you? Where are you from? What's your background? Like, I want to hear about you.
1: For sure. So, obviously, like I said, my name's Krista, and I'm from Chicago. Uh, I'm 24 years old and currently just doing what everyone else is doing after the pandemic and trying to figure out when the next time I can leave the state is. And then also when the next time I can go to a concert is. Um, But yeah, uh, I was originally born in China and then I was adopted um, at the age of two and came to America and basically I've lived in Illinois ever since.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, I really resonate with you. You and I got connected because of concerts and because of that whole chapter of our lives. So that has been something that we are direly missing. But as the world started to open up, people are going on tour. I have a couple tickets of of. Things booked and um it's it's crazy but I I think it's so funny and it's really important for us to talk about is that you and I got connected through concerts and stuff and as we addressed a little bit before it's such an interesting shift that has happened with the pandemic because before maybe five ten years ago people were all, oh, strangers on the internet, you know, stranger danger, don't meet up with people, people from Twitter and whatever are bad. And now because of the pandemic, everyone's looking for ways to find community and people around the world. And it's kind of funny that you and I and some other fangirls, that's, that's how we (laughs) made friends back in the day.
1: Oh, for sure. I think about that a lot, actually, because my mom, so she's older Um, And she would always tell me like, okay, people on the internet, you don't want to talk to them. Like, don't give out your personal information. Don't do any of that. But I think honestly, ever since like eighth grade, I, what you're 12 in eighth grade, something around there. uh, I've been like reaching out to different, I guess, fangirls and like people that liked the same interests of me, like on Twitter and all that. And I think honestly, probably some of my best friendships have come from people that I've met through the internet. And it is really strange to think about, because like you you wouldn't think that it would be safe to like meet up with these people that you have re- never actually met in person or like talked to on the phone. But I think there's something about like the deeper connection. I think that that's just now where all people are trying to like meet people on, I guess, is because we can't see each other in person now. Um, and I think even during the like during the pandemic and during quarantine, I ended up pen with people as well. So it was like, right, crazy. Yeah, crazy. you said some stuff to me. Yeah, like we ended up pen palling. I ended up pen with people that I met on like Facebook groups. And it's funny because it kind of took a turn from like, okay, we're going to meet like on Twitter, we're going to send DMs, we're going to do that. And then it went back to like old school, of like, okay, now I'm going to send like letters on, on paper, and I'm going to write them and like, we'll never talk online. So it's kind of cool. Like, how it shifted, but at the same time, like, you're still making those connections, like, online.
0: Yeah, and I think what's really amazing about making friends online is that, just like you said, some of your closest friends are people that you met online, as are some of mine, and it's just the internet puts us in a place that we can connect with people that have shared interests, but come from such a different background. They can be around the world. Or as you know, when you first met me, when I went through my big WWE phase, (laughs) and so I had a big community on Twitter of WWE friends and fans and all that jazz. And it was, it was really funny, but one friendship in particular that really stands out to me that I did have the opportunity to meet in person eventually. But back in 2012, I connected with a girl in Norway over Instagram who had posted a lot of just beautiful Norway pictures. And you and I are both big travelers and both into photography, which we'll absolutely be getting into. But I was like, wow, this girl has great photos. Cool. And then one day she ended up posting something a a little bit more heartfelt about a family issue. And I responded and said, Hey, like, I don't have the same situation, but I have something similar. If you ever need to talk, I'm here. And that's what sparked our friendship. And she has become a great friend. She's amazing. And as I've been unpacking in my new apartment, I found something that I'd completely forgotten about, if I'm being totally honest, because I've had my stuff in storage for two years, but a few years ago, she hand knit me a sweater.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: For my mom's birthday, oh. and it has the birthday and the death date of my mom written, like knitted into the bottom of the sweater. And the sweater is purple, my favorite color. And I opened up this storage bin and just held it. And I'm, like, what the the kindness that and the effort that was there. That's something that is just a one in a million thing. And this is someone that I connected with on Instagram back in probably 2012. So I just think social media is so beautiful when it's used in the right way to connect people like it was originally intended. That's actually awesome.
1: Like it kind of reminded me of something that happened to me actually recently. So like I said, like during quarantine, I started wanting to do pun paling. And I found, uh, I found on Facebook that there were all these groups for different Asian American adoptees. And honestly, I had never even thought that there would be groups for that. I, I just never heard heard of that. And so I had joined it one day because I was like, oh, like, I wonder if these people have any insight or like, if they're saying anything that I could agree with, or maybe they have a different outlook on different topics. And so once I got in there, I started reading more and more posts. I was like, Oh, I really resonate with the things that people are talking about in this. Like, it almost felt like I joined a new community that I had never mm-hmm. even like thought there was one before, and I ended up pen, like reaching out to one of the girls on a post, and we ended up. Starting being becoming pen pals. And she did something similar with like a really sweet gift. I was telling her that like there aren't many, like when I was living in the suburbs during the pandemic, there weren't many like Asian marts around where I was. Uh, So, like around the LaGrange area. And basically, for my birthday, she had sent me like a package, like a really big package. And she was not, she did not tell me that she was doing this. So I opened it and she's like, Oh, I went to different like Asian grocery marts and like bought you like my favorite things. I thought like you could try all these and like, tell me what you think. And I was like, that is the sweetest and kindest thing ever because I wouldn't even have thought of that. And it what like this connection that I had with her, like wouldn't have even happened if we had never been in that same group because she lives all the way in California. So our paths like genuinely would have never crossed. Like we both like music, but we don't listen to like the same people. So it really would have never even crossed like a concert or something. So I agree with you. Like when the internet is used in the way that it was intended to, it can be really awesome. And you can just like make the best connections with people that either are going through the same thing as you or similar scenarios and you just feel like, wow, like I actually have like a support system with people.
0: Yeah, especially cause I can't even imagine at the beginning of the pandemic, what it was like going through all of the, the Asian hate that was happening. It's just, it, it's horrific witnessing that And I can't imagine what it was like going through it. So I'm really glad to hear that you had a support network of people that even if they weren't in the same city that you're like, well, we're, we're all going to work through this together. And I think that it's those shared negative experiences that make friendships later so much deeper and stronger. And I have a lot of friends that I, that have lost a parent that I've connected with very quickly because they know what it's like in my shoes and vice versa. And so I think that when you have those shared connections that sometimes are negative, that's when the deepest friendships come really quickly because they know what it's like, or they're willing to walk through that storm with you.
1: I I totally agree. And I think it's almost easier in a sense too, with like the negative, maybe traumatic experiences, depending on who it is, but I think too, that it might be, it might be that way because they've already experienced it and you don't have to be like, oh, I'm making this person uncomfortable because they already Mm -hmm. know what you're talking about. And you don't have to basically explain it step-by-step and also worry that like you're maybe hurting their feelings or making them uncomfortable. So I feel like in those instances, it, it just makes it so much easier to develop such a deep connection because you're already skipping all of those steps of like, oh, this might be a little awkward. This might be a little uncomfortable. And it's just so nice.
0: Oh yeah. And there's, there's people that mean well, but that just don't understand. And mm-hmm. they say things that can end up being very hurtful and triggering. I cannot yeah. tell you how many grown adults came up to me at my mother's funeral and said, at least she's not suffering anymore. And I was like, excuse me, (laughs) I need all of you to get away. 10 year old Charlotte was ready to throw hands. I was like, I can't. And so for me, that kept me away from talking to people about it for so long, or I would try to bring it up really casually so that I never went through a like, oh, I'm so sorry and dealt with those awkward tensions. But when you have- People that have walked through that with you, I don't know. It's just, it's really a silver lining, and that's one thing that just makes me really, really thankful that the internet has brought us.
1: Well, for sure, and I, on to to add to that, like not
0: even just meeting people,
1: I would say also like maintaining relationships as well. Like you and I, we haven't lived in the same state now for years, and half yeah. the time you're in another country or I'm in another country, so we're <laughs> not even on the same continent half the time. And the fact that like we can just like shoot each other text messages or FaceTime each other or literally just hop on a call. Like it just makes me so happy that we're able to continue like growing our relationship with people that live so far away from us because like my mom's generation, she wasn't able to do that. Like once her friend moved to another state, like maybe they could give each other calls on the house phone, but like that was expensive. And also like you would have to really coordinate hey, like what time are we going to do this type thing? But like you and I, like we could just be out and about and I'll just text you and be like, hey, are you free right now? Like it's so, it's just so nice that like you're also able to just continue relationships that you currently have as well.
0: Absolutely. And I think one of the great connections with social media is it doesn't have to be, oh, the deep, oh, we're going to have a great long catch up. I can hear a BTS song and just send you a Snapchat and be like, Oh, was just thinking about you. And those things build relationships. And that's the, what's the age old saying? Like Rome wasn't built in the day. Friendships weren't built in a day. It's those little blocks of like, Hey, I was thinking about you or, Hey, I'm going to send you a letter or, Hey, this, 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 that's what builds deep connections. And I think So as you and I have kind of talked about a little bit, you know, that my background is very business oriented. And so, especially in the terms of networking, a lot of people just try to go zero to 100 and then they're done. They're like, oh, well, I just want to meet people and like make a connection and it's going to serve a purpose. I'm like, well, that's using people. The best part of networking is just making genuine connections and friendships and meeting people and hearing their stories. and. That's one of the biggest thing about this podcast is creating a safe space that people can just share their story. And you are a very interesting, fun individual that I hold close to me. And getting to share that is something that I want more of the world to see. And that's one of the best parts I think that gets me really excited about social media. I love that. And I think too,
1: the more people, the more diverse stories you hear and the more stories you hear from people who have had experiences that like are not even similar to yours, I feel like the more well-rounded of a person you become because you learn more about what other people are going through in situations that you probably wouldn't have even thought about, right? And I think that when you network and when you hear from different types of people and you hear from different communities and all of those types of things, like differences, I think you really just are able to make better connections with more types of people as well. And I agree with you that it's not just about oh, let me see how many people I can gather. I think it's really, for me at least, it's like quantity or it's quality over quantity because there's really no point in having a hundred or a thousand connections where it's just like, oh, I know your name. I know what you do. But there's just something different when I'm like, oh, I know your name. I know what you do. I know what motivates you. I know what you're passionate about. I know what you love. Like, I really, I really love those type of connections.
0: Absolutely. And I think you, you really hit it on the head there. Just- It's, I don't don't know, it just, it's, it excites me, but learning about different people and about different cultures. Personally, I studied international business in college just so that I could learn about other countries and how people do business and that kind of thing. But even like every person can benefit from knowing people that are outside of their age, their demographic, their race, their financial sphere, you it always adds more than hinders. And I think we also live in a divided world. As much as we have the ability to connect, we live in a divided world that people are like, well, I don't associate with people that look different, sound different, have a different tax bracket. And it's just, it's such a shame because that's what helps shape you and what you said of being a well-rounded individual. And I think- you and I share that mindset because both of us really enjoy traveling. And I think that's one of the best educational things that comes from traveling is that you get to meet people that you would never overlap with otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was actually thinking the same thing. I was thinking that we probably share that
1: because of traveling and study abroad. I think that I know that you had studied abroad when you were 19 and I did as well. So we were like really, really young and we Babies. were just going, yeah like literal babies still in like college. And I remember like the thought of packing up and going across the globe and being with nobody that I knew and like trying to like figure that all out. And then on top of that, like try to like learn about myself and like do personal growth. Like it was like insane, but it was like the best type of insane. And I think that if I didn't have that like massive leap of like a life change, I don't think, I don't think I would be the same actually today. I basically had met the five people that I had basically always been looking for, but I didn't know that I was looking for these people. They had personalities that matched mine. They were very energetic. They were very open to trying new things. They were very, like, they came from diverse backgrounds and I didn't have that growing up. So I was able to learn so much from them and realize like, that my personal experiences growing up were shared experiences as opposed to just like singular ones. And I think that that really helped me realize too, like, oh, like, I think I want to meet more people and I want to go travel to more places. And I think learning about those places, like in history class or like geography, it's not the same as when you're like thrown in there everything's going wrong. You have like $2 to your name and you're just trying to like sort it all out. But I think that that's like the most fun part. And I think that's the part that really like shapes you as a person.
0: Absolutely, I could not say it better myself. And my mind immediately went to all these times that I was stranded or stuck somewhere. I had to beg someone on the street for essentially a $1 coin in Japan, cause I was short of getting a ticket back to the airport because I had accidentally booked a second subway when I needed a tram to the airport and I had no other cash. And then the amount of times that I got lost in Paris and <laughs> you, thankfully you studied abroad somewhere that even though UK English and American English, there are differences, at least you have more similarities. I, having only a background in Mandarin Chinese, studying abroad in Paris, was like, the language here is not on my side. And I remember one day there was this fam I don't even know if it was a family, it was a tour of people that only spoke Spanish or French, no English, or no, they didn't speak French. They only spoke Spanish and I spoke no Spanish. And they're trying to figure out how to get onto a metro. And I'm trying to explain to them in the little bit of French, English, my like 10 words of Spanish, trying to like get them to where they need to go before the last metro of the night, because then they're going to be stuck. I end up like herding them, like cattle onto the line one, or it wasn't the, I was going to the line one. I got them on the line five and I was like, go. And they made the last metro and I missed mine. Because oh, I was helping no. them. And so now I'm like, well, it's 1245. I have missed the last metro. I need to go figure out the bus system on how to get back, but at least I took care of these tourists that were even less well off to be wandering around. So that's, and that's where you grow. That's when you you learn how to be self-reliant and say, okay, well, this is a predicament, but I have to get home somehow. And my college 19-year-old budget wasn't, oh, go take Ubers and taxis everywhere. It was right. like, go figure out the bus on your own at almost one o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. But that's that's what shapes you. And just like you said, that makes you a different person. And having known you before and after studying abroad, it's amazing how living abroad and being And even if you don't, people listening don't have the opportunity to be abroad. It's just putting yourself in a different environment than what you're used to with people that are not the kind of people that you normally are around. That's what shapes you. That's it's just easier to do it when you're in another culture. But here, even in your own home country, you can just find people that run in different circles. And that's going to help change your mind and challenge you to think about problems and issues differently. I think also too, just not having a safety net. I think
1: throughout growing up and going to high school, um, you always kind of had a safety net, you know? Like you knew like, oh, if I don't do my homework, it's not like I'm getting kicked out of high school. Like maybe you'd get a D, but like, it's not like, you know, you're completely expelled. But I think like once you take away all safety nets from support system, Financial safety nets, like all of them, and you're just kind of like thrown into the deep end. I think that that's really when you like find out like how good you are under pressure, like how to handle pressure, how to handle new experiences, like how to deal with people that maybe you don't really like, but you need to like get along with because they're gonna like, you know, you two like the same thing and you want to end up like traveling to something together because like there's nobody else that you'd rather do with. So I think also like not having any safety nets also really like propels you.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think just another way to phrase that is just having your back against the wall. It's like, okay, well we're in sink or swim mode. You it's like, you have to be successful. You have to make it work or what's your other option. And you see that you hear a lot of people that, that come up from nothing quote unquote story of like, oh, well, they were broke or the, the basis of what an American dream story is, is that someone came to the country, not speaking English, and then becomes wildly successful financially and in their career and all that. It's because they're like, well, I had to push myself. Like I had no other option. Whereas you don't always hear a lot of people that, come from affluence going out and making their own affluence because it's just like, well, I have that safety net. Like I have that fallback and the best pressure that we can put on ourselves is just like, okay, well, I, I need to make this happen. I don't have a fallback. And so it can be really, really scary, but it's really exciting to think about all the potential that comes with that too. Cause that's, the Also the age old saying is like iron sharpens iron, you know, that's, that's how you get stronger. That's how you shape is just by getting, ad, adding fire to this flame. Yeah. And
1: I think the other thing too, is like, if you feel uncomfortable about what you're going to do, like, like for an adventure type situation, like you should hundred percent then do it because that's, I was so, like, I'm not even gonna lie to you i was so nervous before studying abroad i was like oh my god what if i don't have any friends what if like what if all of these like what if i break my phone what am i gonna do like who how am i gonna talk to like how am i gonna get around like how am i gonna have gps like what if like i'm horrible at like my studies and i end up like failing out of school or like i get lost or this and that but i think that's the thing is like because it was uncomfortable like it was it was scary like we were 19 like it was terrifying like i barely knew Like how to get to the mall without my GPS on my phone in my hometown. So like, but I'm going to go across the world and I'm going to (laughs) go do the thing. That's horrifying. Like, so I'm not going to lie. It is horrifying. But I think like, that is like the best thing though is because you're so scared, but you're so excited. And then you like end up doing all the things that you, like it all like works out and it, it all settles. And I think in the end, like everything that, I'm a firm believer at least, like everything that's supposed to happen will happen and it'll be okay,
0: type thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm a firm believer that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Period, girl. Mm -hmm. And so when you push yourself, that's when some of the best adventures and the best stories come are from what completely terrifies you. A hundred percent. It's, it's so, and I think sometimes we're our own worst enemies when it comes to that kind of stuff too. So you and I both have a very artistic and photography passion and you are a very talented travel photographer. I always love getting to see your content. And I have always loved being behind the camera, also love being in front of it, but I enjoy (laughs) that creative aspect. And for me, I always... I always stuck to photos. I never tried video editing because I was really overwhelmed by it. It scared me. I was like, what if this is really bad? And they were at first, like they were really bad. I look back at my vlogs from when I studied abroad with just my GoPro and these things are so cringy, but I ended up figuring out years later that it wasn't necessarily that I was bad at editing. It was that I didn't understand it and it overwhelmed me and I didn't want to look dumb. I didn't want to do that first bit when you're getting on a bike and you fall over multiple times and you look like an idiot, which is also why I didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was like 10 (laughs) because I had a crush on the neighborhood boy who I was like he was 10 years older than me. And I was like, you can't see me not know how to ride a bike, um, which was just so irrational. But it's that whole thing of you don't want to look dumb. You don't want to publicly fail. And so I didn't get into video editing because I didn't want to look dumb. And then finally, I just got over it and said, you know what? This is something that I want to learn and I'm not afraid to look stupid. And so I've been still trying to get better and still have a long way to go. But It's, it's something that I'm really putting an emphasis on because as you and I are both travelers, getting, being able to capture those moments when you're over there and be able to tell stories through photos and through videos and inflicting emotions that you can look back on there. There's nothing like it. I for sure agree. And I think too, that
1: a lot of times, like what you said, like the fear of looking like silly or like. It not like you know, looking stupid or just it looking completely horrible it stops like a lot of people from doing what they actually like. And I, it, it did, for me, for the longest time, when I was in high school, I was really like I felt like a perfectionist almost with taking photos. I felt like really insecure because I was like, oh my gosh, there are other people that take so much better photos than I do. Like me with my little iPhone and my little like point and shoot camera. Like what am I doing? But I just kind of realized like yeah, there are other people that are better than me, but you got to start somewhere. And like you said, like watching your old, your old blogs and seeing like, wow, that was, that was pretty rough, but it's cool to see your growth. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's cool to see like, Hey, maybe this wasn't the best, but like, as I like gained more skills, took more classes, read more, watched more YouTube videos, whatever it may be. Like now I'm making, now I'm making this right. Now I'm making this piece of art. Mm-hmm. I think that, that's what's really cool when you actually take the leap of faith, right? Is to see like how much you grow in your own skills within photography or videography.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think part going back to social media more is that so much of social media has turned into like a highlight reel of all the good Mm -hmm. things. So it's really important to be like, okay, well, this might not have been perfect, but I think there's something really powerful in showing the imperfections. And being public about that, to an extent, you don't have to go out and post all of your failures. That's not good for anyone's <laughs> mental health. Like, who no, knows? There, there are some L's that you, you people just gotta take to the grave. I actually had this conversation with someone recently. I don't even remember where it came up, but. She said that someone had publicly shared something that she did that just like tanked. She was like, honey, no one needed to know. You should have just taken that L and just let it be. And I feel safe. There are, you, you can pick your battles, but it's the idea of failing fast and failing often so that you kind of get that out of the way, you know, make those mistakes really early on. So you learn. And I, I remember one of the first times that I flew my drone and I remember the first time that I was flying it over a forest and I realized, oh my gosh, I can't see it. And I'm in a forest. (laughs) I don't know where this is. And the thing was, it was in Hawaii and I had had an issue with birds trying to attack my drone and I'm like oh, I'm flying yeah. over trees what if a bird comes out and I can't see this drone And so I went through a mini panic attack to then just start flying it to like an opening in hopes that I would see it and then decided to start utilizing like the GPS feature in it that in my panic forgot that it existed and It was a really scary moment because I'm like, I have flown this very few times here and I'm going to lose it into the jungle. It's fine, but you'll fail fast. Thankfully, I didn't lose my drone to a bird or to the forest, but I have learned that I will not make that mistake again of flying it and having no idea or no frame of reference where I am. And so then when I uh like was doing photography stuff in Seattle, also kind of in foresty areas, I learned, I was like, oh yeah, so take these precautions to make sure that I can see things and I won't panic. And yeah, it's not the the beauty of like learning is, oh, the failures or the taking L's. And you're like, oh gosh, why? That was really dumb of me. Why did I do that? But you learn for next time. But it's almost like
1: funny though, when you think about it, when you think about like your first steps of anything and mm-hmm. how much like, and how, like you said, when you fail fast, it's almost like funny to look at, back at it. Cause you're like, wow, I was in so much panic. But if I had just like taken two seconds to breathe, I could have just like really avoided probably all of this chaos that I created.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's just, it made me think also. So I moved into this new apartment uh, two days ago And my first trek from the grocery store, I'm still trying to figure out our, the elevator closest to me, it was not working. So I went up four flights of stairs. I was carrying everything, was trying to figure out where I was. And I, my lock was sticky. I finally get inside. I'm carrying all these groceries. I put them down. I close the door and I start unloading. And about five minutes later, there's a knock on my door. I'm thinking... I don't know anyone here. What is this? And I open and my neighbor's like, hey, you left your key in the door. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, I moved in yesterday. Not normally this airheaded. I was carrying groceries. And he's like, just, just wanted you to know. <laughs> so do you know how often that happens to me? Like
1: that happens so often at my last, well, it ha- it's already happened at my current apartment like three times, but my last apartment- I was like coming home from grocery shopping and I had like those, like the big jugs of water.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I
1: like, I was carrying those in, but they were heavy because I had like three. So I was like, oh, like juggling them <laughs> in. And then I closed the door and then like three hours later, so I'm home alone and it's nighttime. And I hear like somebody banging at my door. And it was this, so we, like this apartment that I was in, it had two doors. it had a front door and then had a side door and you could access either from the street. And so someone's banging on the side door, which no one ever is on. And I'm like, I'm gonna die tonight okay I'm gonna die tonight so I literally go run for the wooden baseball bat I have the wooden baseball bat in my hand in my hand I'm like crouching behind the couch because I'm like maybe they'll leave but they're like still knocking so then I like open the door and someone's like hey your keys are like in your door dude and I was like let me drop my baseball bat and let me say thanks so much because I was like dang I'm so stupid but that's so funny that that happened to you
0: like recently because that that literally happens to me probably at least like twice a year oh well I was so mortified from it that I know that this will never happen again I have now (laughs) instinctively been checking to make sure that my keys are out of the door right away I'm like okay but yeah that's that's the thing. Sometimes you just got to fail to realize that you and learn that you will never make a mistake ever again, or for you only semi-annually.
1: Yeah. Semi-annually when it happens, when your hands are filled with gallons of water. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's all part of the learning process, but I think it's just really, I, th- I think it's funny that we're all more the same than we are different. That like, this is something that happens to you as it happens to me. Like you wonder how many other people listening resonated and be like, yep, I've done that. We've been there. Or you left your keys in the car on accident and you closed the door or it could be anything, but people like to only show off the best and brightest side of themselves, but we're all dumb. We all make mistakes. We're all in this boat together. And so I'm glad that when we get to have conversations like this to show that we're, we're not, we're not all that different. And I had a conversation with someone at dinner recently that we were talking about imposter syndrome. And he's like, well, you're so extroverted, like blah, blah, blah. You could never get imposter syndrome. Like, no, like everyone feels this. And that's why it's important to have conversations to be like, no, we all, we all go through the ringer. We all do things. And even though I am arguably one of the most extroverted people I ever meet, There are certain things that give me social anxiety or there are certain instances where I'm nervous to talk to someone and we all go through it. It's just, it's, it's just different for everyone. I think that is actually a common misconception about
1: extroverted people as that we're like constantly going to be like, yeah, I could give a speech. I could, I could go talk to the person across the street. Like I could do, which in theory, yes, I could. But not all the time do I want to, nor do I feel comfortable or like safe to do so. But I think also too, like with imposter syndrome, I think that also plays hand in hand with that is a lot of people think that if you're extroverted, that means automatically that you're confident. And then with that confidence, why would you have imposter syndrome? Yeah. But like like you said, I also am pretty extroverted, but I feel imposter syndrome like literally all the time whether it be in romantic relationships sometimes, or it could be in business settings, especially in business settings though, I feel like, and then even friendships, like, I think too, like we are so young and I was one of the youngest people on my team for at least a year. And everyone kept saying like, oh my gosh, you're so young. Like, how did you get a job here? Like, your interview process must have been insane. This and that, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, how did I get a job here?" And then I like, and then I was like, "Oh gosh, you're right. I am so young." And then it made me like think like, "Oh, like I don't know if I want to give an a like an opinion or you know provide maybe a like a tweak of like how we could do something better." Because like, what do I know? I'm so young. So mm. I think like stuff like that. It does like like it does. People assume like, oh, you're so confident. You're blah blah blah. But in reality, like you said, like everyone kind of, we all have the same similarities and since we're like, everyone ends up feeling those types of things in some aspect or another.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you, you talked on the age because I have always been someone that is very loud and friendly. And I've always been the youngest of my grade in particular. Like mm-hmm. I, my birthday is August twenty sixth, and I'm turning 25. And so In the Midwest, the age cut, like the birthday cutoff for the school year was September 1st. So Mm. when your birthday is August 26th, you are always like the baby. You are the youngest. And I even like going into career and that kind of stuff was always deemed as young. And I I just got really tired of people using that to diminish my qualifications or my opinion to be like, oh, well, you're so young and this and that. And that's why I love having conversations like this to just bring awareness to that. And also to show that, no, like we, our opinions are valid. Our experience is valid. And just because your age might not be as high up as someone else that's around you doesn't mean that you are any less worthy of being in the position that you have worked to be in. And there's, that's a huge rabbit hole that another day I would go deep into, but it's just, I think that being young has a lot of advantages. And I think that whoever's listening to this, I really hope that you hear that your age isn't a hindrance, no matter what it is, your age adds value and is what makes you, you, whether you are someone who's Annoyed with how many years you have under your belt, or someone who wishes that they had more, it is what experience you have and what has made you you. So I, I hate when age is used in a negative way. I think it's a beautiful thing.
1: I do as well because, and this isn't to say I, this isn't to say anything negative about people that are older, but I'm saying at least for younger people, like when we come into different settings, like we have such a fresh view on things and we have a different perception of the world that like the older generations like don't have and I think that that really can like help honestly because you know if you have if you like I'm just like putting out a random example but if you have some done something for 15 years like obviously you're not going to change the way you're doing that but like when you're like if you have like a new person come in who's younger and they see a way easier more efficient way to get that done why would you not Mm -hmm. want to take that step? Right. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be saving time. You're going to be saving like maybe even money. Like I think that young people actually have like a really good asset where they have fresher eyes of what's going on because like, you know, we haven't, we haven't had to live where we were like doing the same thing for 20 years. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, too, like, on top of it is that, like, while we do have the age thing as well, where people like to be like, oh, you you guys are young, this and that, I think also, too, like, being a woman also plays a role in that, where a lot of the times women, like, when, when, when we share opinions or perspectives, sometimes in the workplace even, like, it's not taken as seriously as the male counterparts, and especially if your male counterpart is older, too. So, like, if it's a 24-year-old man and me, like, you know, obviously sometimes men are taken more uh, seriously or whatnot. But then if you have, like, a 54-year-old guy and then you have me, like,
0: there's no way that they're listening to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I've been there, done that. And it is is challenging, but it's exciting to hear that other people are going through this and not taking it lightly, you know, that there's, there's conversations like this to bring awareness to people of like, yeah, we, it, there, there is that gap and there shouldn't be. And so I'm glad that we are in the generation that is coming up to have more equality in all different factors and that conversations like this can be, be had. And it's, it's always fun to get to, to get to chat with you, but as a way to wrap up, I always ask every guest my favorite question and my favorite question to ask anyone that I meet, whenever, wherever. But it's if you could travel to anywhere in the world, time, money, distance, pandemic, none of it mattered, where would you go and why? Oh,
1: that is such a good question. I feel like right now my answer would be Japan. I knew it it. yeah you know you know girl I had went I had gone to Japan like right before the pandemic happened so it was my last trip but unfortunately it was cut really short by like four days because of the hurricane that happened in Japan in 2019 so we ended up having to like leave out on the which actually was the last flight out of Japan back to America like we got on the last one But we are, our trip was cut short. And so I missed out on seeing like so many things that I wanted to see. And in general, like I just loved the culture and I loved that everyone was so nice, so friendly, like, and it was okay. Everything was so clean and really cool and the food was awesome. So I think I would really love to go back there and experience less touristy things and kind of more like immerse myself into like the local spots. You know
0: what I mean? Absolutely. That is one of the biggest things that resonates with me is getting to know the people, the culture, and just fully immersing yourself because you can do touristy things anywhere. And there are times that touristy stuff are really fun. I love doing touristy things, but there's nothing that compares to going and fully immersing yourself. So post pandemic when the world starts opening up if you want a buddy to go to japan with you know who to call i'll keep my eye open for cheap flights and we've i've already done the ana flight o'hare to tokyo it's not that bad so we we could it's just, not it's not it's like 13 and a half 13 15 it's not bad and i forgot which one which airport it was because i've flown out of both in tokyo but one of them had shower and nap rooms that you could rent Norita. by the hour. Yeah. That sounds about right because that's the bigger one. Um I had a layover from the Philippines in Tokyo back to the US and I was exhausted because I had been struck by a typhoon had missed my original flight back to the US and oh, was no. trying to play catch up and I as a young woman traveling by myself cannot sleep in an airport because you are a target. Yeah. To get pickpocketed or worse. So I found this nap room and it had showers. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing I have ever encountered in my entire life. So shout out to Japan for that one. They are so innovative. Like they're legit
1: so innovative. And it's really cool too, because like for anyone that has never been to Japan, but is interested to go to Japan, like I know a lot of the things that scare people about going to Asia is the language barrier because it's like so vastly different from English. But it's really cool because like over there, I mean, if you have a smartphone, I mean, you're sad. Like I was using Google Translate for, to, so my sister who I went with, she's allergic to milk. So to like read the labels, like I would use Google Translate to like make sure that there were like, you know, the ingredients or even to talk to locals, like they would come up to me with Google Translate and they would be like, hey, and like, (laughs) I'd be like, oh, cool. And even like the taxi drivers would end up like speaking into their phones and their phones would speak back to you in English. Like it's very one of those things where like you don't need to know the language to get around as long as you have like either a map or a smartphone of some sort. Mm hmm. And it's just super cool that like, they've kind of made it that way too. Like they've made it very friendly for people that don't speak the native language.
0: Yeah. Which is, uh, which is amazing. And a thing that the U S could learn to be a little bit more inclusive about, but on that note, it has been so, so fun to have you truly such a pleasure. And I just love having young, strong women voices be heard. So it has been so great getting to hear your story, talk travel and talk a little bit photo and just I, I personally have been really encouraged by this conversation and talking about failing and just moving forward. So thank you so much for your time, Krista. Wow, a huge thank you to Krista. That was such a fun conversation and really just the topic of failure is something that I feel like is not spoken about enough. And it's something that we all go through, we all deal with. And it's just really encouraging to hear how different people work through failure. But especially just the the notion of failing publicly, failing fast, not being afraid to look dumb. And just going after what new skill, new opportunity that you're dreaming about. So again, who's ever listening to this right now, if you have something on your heart that you have been dying to try, that you have been too scared to look dumb doing or failing, you know what? This is your green light. And I guarantee you, at least Krista and I will be here cheering you on. So thank you again to Krista. And We will see you all here together again soon.